Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. I wish, well, I know, I really don't wish you could be here with me today. I'm in my kitchen. <laughs> so if you hear uh, sounds of houses, you know what houses sound like on the inside. I'm at home today. Uh, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about Satan's toolbox. You see, now, what do you mean Satan's toolbox? Well, did you know that Satan has a toolbox full of tools? He does. And uh, he only comes before to steal and kill and destroy. That's according to John 10, verse 10. He comes to hammer you. He comes to drill you. He comes to cut you off. He comes to literally tie you up in knots. He comes to squeeze you and cause you to be stuck in the mire in the middle of where you are. And you know, if you're experiencing any of these feelings or emotions and you know they're keeping you from doing all that God's called you to do, then you need to know about 11 tools from God's toolbox. Wait, you, you mean God has a toolbox? He certainly does. Here are 11 tools from God's toolbox for you to use against Satan's schemes and strategies. You might want to take time to get a pad and pen or make some notes on your smartphone, and take down these 11 tools from God's toolbox. I believe they will be a blessing to you. They have encouraged me extremely much, and I pray they will you as well. Here's number one. Number one is the word. Fighting the good fight of faith. That's what the Apostle Paul said to young Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. Our fight is not a fight against people. Now, let me say that again because most people... Many people believe that it is. Our fight is not a fight against people. Our fight is a faith fight. Satan wants to destroy you and, and, and separate you from your faith. And if he is able to separate you from your faith, then he has you. So the word is how you fight that. The word, the Bible says, is a lamp unto your feet. It's a light unto your path. It's alive and full of power. It's active. It's energizing sharper than any two-edged sword. And when that word gets in you, you become literally alive, more so than ever before. Now, one of the, one of the things I, I, I see with many Christians is they carry a Bible around, but they don't read it. They don't study it. They don't meditate on the word of God. So when Satan comes, they have to say, wait a minute, devil, time out. Let me go find a scripture. No, instead, that scripture needs to be sown into the garden of your heart. And then what happens? Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. You've got to have the word sown into you. And if you remember in the scriptures, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil, each time Satan came at him, Jesus responded with the word of God. He didn't say, devil, time out. Let me go back to, uh, let me go back to the city and find my Bible. No, the word was sown in him. Well, as a matter of fact, he was the word in flesh. But we can sow the word of God in us so that when Satan comes, we quote the Bible to him. We quote the scripture to him. And the Bible says when Jesus did that, the devil left him for a season. And he'll leave you for a season too if you give him the word of God. That's number one. The second, the second um, tool is your seed. Uh, he's going to talk about money. No, I'm not going to talk about money, although money is a part of it. I'm going to talk about every seed that you sow your love, your time, your money, your prayers, your smiles, your compassion. Life gives you an opportunity to plant seed. 
plant seed into ministry, to plant seed into other people, to plant seed into your family. Seed is incredibly important. And the reason is because it's the only thing that's multiplied back to you. Seed was put in your hand not to lie dormant. Seed was intended to be planted. Every farmer knows that. Here we are in Oklahoma uh, in the hot summer. The, the hot summer is here now. And this is, uh, this is the time when the, the famous uh, peaches are grown. In fact, uh, I was just uh, in a little town outside of Tulsa, maybe 40 minutes away, uh, buying peaches the other day uh, from a, a place called Levisay Orchard. Uh, they, they grow great Oklahoma peaches, just absolutely delicious. And uh, there's, a, there's a season for that. Well, the Levisay farmers had to plant that peach tree in order to get a crop, in order to get a harvest. Any farmer knows you have to plant if you want to reap. And many Christians forget that. They think, well, I'll sow seed when I get around to it. Well, that's what, that's what happened with Cain and Abel. You know, Abel planted his seed first. Cain planted his seed when he got around to it. It meant nothing to him, and because it meant nothing to him, it meant nothing to God. And he wound up, you know, he wound up killing his own brother. The first murder that happened in the whole world happened because Cain uh, refused to give his offering first. He waited until, uh, well, the, the King James Version says in the course of time, or in other words, when he got around to it. It meant nothing to him, and because it meant nothing to him, it meant nothing to God, and God rejected it. You don't want that to happen to you. You want your seed sown in good ground, and it is a... It is a tool against Satan. When you sow your seed, the devil cannot stop the harvest. Number three is your prayer. Prayer, I've said it hundreds of times, much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Prayer is the key that unlocks the throne of God's mercy. When Peter found himself in prison in chains. The disciples gathered together and prayed. And when they prayed, an angel came and broke the chains and released Peter from prison. And when Paul, the apostle, was nearly stoned to death on the side of the road, they left him bleeding, dying. The disciples gathered around him and prayed, and God raised him up and healed him. Prayer is so important. It's the key that unlocks the throne of God's mercy. I've been getting up really early for a long, long time, praying every morning. This morning, it was I woke up at 3.57. Usually around 4 o'clock in the morning, I wake up, and I go into my little prayer room. This morning, it was 3.57. Yesterday morning, it was like 4.01. I don't know why I wake up at 4, but right at 4, just almost always within 10 or 15 minutes of 4 o'clock, I wake up, and I go in and have my prayer time. Of course, I pray oftentimes during the day as well. You know, it's not just a one one uh, prayer, you know, just a slam, bam, and it's over. No, I pray throughout the day too, and I'm praying in tongues a lot during the day. Maybe you may not hear it, uh, you may not see it if you're with me, but but I'm doing it, and I'm keeping prayer in the center of my life. That is a very important tool in God's toolbox. Number four is your praise. Your praise is critical, and the reason is because when the praise goes up, the walls come down. I was reading in the Bible the story of King Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament. He and the people of Israel were, were going to be attacked by three armies. And they said, we don't have strength. We don't have an army that can face these three armies. And they fell on their faces and they prayed. And when they prayed, God sent a prophet. 
And the prophet said, go in this your strength, and you won't even have to lift a finger against these three armies. And you know what they did? They started marching toward those three armies, and they put the praise team in front of the soldiers. Now, that's an unusual thing for an army to do. Imagine a praise team in front of the soldiers, and yet that's exactly what they did. And God confused the enemy so much that those three armies uh, that were coming against Israel turned and destroyed one another. And Jehoshaphat did not have to lift a finger. All they had to do was to go down there and gather up all the spoils, which took them three days to carry all of the riches back home. Your praise is so important. When I pray, like I did this morning at 3.57 when I started praying, I start with praise. I start lifting up the name of Jesus, praising him, entering, to in, in, entering into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Because as I said, when the praise goes up, the walls come down. Then number five is your confession. What you say is so critically important. Are you having what you say or are you saying what you have? There's a difference in it, isn't there? Is your glass half full or is your glass half empty? What is your confession? The Bible says in Mark 11, 23 and 24, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, this problem, this need, whatever it is, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. What you say is so critically important. Stop all the negative dialogue. Stop it. And if you're hanging around somebody who's always negative, find somebody else to hang around. Start saying a positive word. Start accentuating the positive and eliminating the negative. Your confession, what you say, is so important. I don't believe there's such a thing as idle words. Be careful and make sure that what you say is in harmony with the Word of God. I tell people, if you can't say anything good, put some Walmart duct tape over your mouth and just keep quiet until you can. Number six is the power of agreement. You need to find someone who will go into agreement with you. Now, that's not easy to find. It's not easy to find someone who will go into agreement with you. Uh, perhaps there's uh, someone in your family who will agree with you. Perhaps someone at work or someone down the street or someone in the building or someone down the block. Someone... There's someone out there who will agree with you. And try not to get into agreement with somebody who is in disagreement with what you're believing for. The power of agreement is so important. Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 and 19 says, If two, that's all it takes, if two shall agree on earth as concerning anything that they shall ask, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. Find someone to get into an agreement with you on what you're praying and believing for. Then number seven is your faith. Now, there are a lot of Christians who, who don't understand that they have faith. But the Bible says that God has given to every person the measure of faith. He did not give you a measure. He did not give you a, a small amount or a large amount. No, he gave you the amount. God has given to every person the measure. You have all the faith that you need. What you need to do is take that faith and release it and believe God for your miracle. And by the way, faith has substance to it. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence or proof 
of that which you have not seen. For God used his faith and used his word and used what he said to create everything you can see from what you cannot see. Your faith is critically important, and that's what Satan wants to separate you from. That's why you must use your faith every day. And then number eight is an attitude of gratitude. Do you know people who just are complaining and whining and griping all the time? They don't ever seem to have an attitude of gratitude. I do. I know people like that, and I try my best to avoid them. There's just some people, you know, I love them from a distance, <laughs> but I really don't want anything to do with them because they're always negative. You know what I mean? The, the kind of person that when they walk in the room, it, they're so negative, it feels like somebody walked out. You know people like that? You want to be around people who have an attitude of gratitude, and that's the attitude you want. Having a thankful heart. Be thankful. Thankful to God. When I began my prayer this morning, I thanked him for the goodness of God, for the, the good things he's done in my life. And I, I rehearse great things that he's done in my life. I, I, I said to God this morning, God, do you remember when you did this? Do you remember when you brought this miracle in my life? Do you remember when this happened, this good thing? I remind him, and I remind him of his promises too. I have a positive attitude, not a negative one. And then number nine is your action words. Your action words. Your, your words that cause you to get into action. The scripture says, uh, uh, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you'll find. And if you go back into the, into the uh, Greek language, you'll find uh, those words mean ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Uh, knock and, uh, and keep on knocking. And the door will be opened to you. You just keep doing it. You just stay in there. That's what my dad used to say to my wife, Lindsay. Stay in there, Lindsay. Stay in there and fight. Just stay in there until you win. You know, in baseball, you get three strikes and you're out, but not, not in life. No, you just stay in there and keep swinging until you get it made. Then number 10 is guarding your heart. Your heart is your most valuable organ in your body. Why? Because with the heart, the Bible says, the man, man believes. Your heart, you can't live without a heart. You can live without a brain. People do it all the time. <laughs> but you can't live without a heart. Guard your heart. Check your heart. King David had a, an interesting way of guarding his heart. He would say to the Lord, search me. Search me, O God. See if there's anything in my heart that's not of you. And if there is, pluck it out. I don't want it in my life. Guard your heart. Be careful what you believe. Be careful what you allow into your heart. And then number 11, the final tool is prophecy. You know, a lot of people ignore the prophecies in the Word of God. They don't believe uh, they, they don't believe in the prophetic. They think the prophetic has died out. Well, that's not true. Every prophecy in the Bible is in the process, if it hasn't already come to pass, is in the process of coming to pass now. In fact, it seems like every week uh, something else in the Bible is fulfilled that was prophesied thousands of years ago. I get uh, prophetic words from time to time that come to me from different prophets around the country. You know what? There has been some abuse, I know, but that doesn't mean that every prophet is abusive. You know, there's some crooked doctors, but that doesn't mean every doctor's a crook. There's some crooked lawyers, but that doesn't mean every lawyer's a crook. Okay? There's some crooked bankers, but that doesn't mean every, every banker's a crook. There, there's some crooked business people. There's some crooked politicians, but that doesn't mean every banker and every politician is a crook. No, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, Okay. And don't ignore prophecy. Prophecy is being fulfilled every day. 
Now, let's review. Number one was the Word. How important is the Word of God? Number two, your seed. Only what you sow can be multiplied. Number three is your prayer. Prayer unlocks the throne of God's mercy. Four is your praise. For when the praise goes up, the walls come down. Five is your confession. What you say is so critically important. Watch your words. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Six, the power of agreement. Find someone to get into agreement with what you're believing for. Seven is your faith. Remember, you use your faith every day. To get on the highway, you have to use your faith to believe God. When you come to a light, you stop because your faith tells you, hey, I'm not going to cross the light with it red because some car may get me. I'm using faith to sit in this chair this morning. I believe that that my my body weight will be supported by this chair. That's my faith. Okay, use your faith every day. Then number eight, have an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful. Be positive, not negative. Nine, your action words. Keep asking, keep saying, keep knocking. Stay in there and fight. Don't give up until you win. Ten, guard your heart. Be careful. Be careful what's in your heart. Say what David said. God, search me today. Show me if there's something in my heart I need to discard. And then prophecy. Do not ignore the prophecies of the word of God and true prophecies that come from true prophets today. I pray this is a great blessing in your life today. Satan has a toolbox. He wants to hammer you. He wants to drill you. He wants to cut you off. He wants to tie you up in knots and squeeze you and cause you to be stuck and mired in the mud like you like, like he so often tries to do. But remember, God has tools as well. He, he has weapons now. They're not, they're, not, uh, they're not carnal. No, no, our weapons are not carnal. They're not worldly, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God bless you today. I'm praying and believing that this is a blessing in your life. And I'll see you next time right here from the Expect a Miracle podcast. God bless. You are special to God. There's no one like you in the whole world. Your fingerprints and your DNA are one of a kind. In his new book, A Spirit of Excellence, Is It Within You? Richard shares how you can become a person of excellence. God's word is so powerful and can equip you to excel in every area of your life. This book has examples you can use to give you the insight and endurance you need to turn your tough times into triumphs. Order it today. Just call 1-844-828-1412 or go to richardroberts.org bookstore. Call right now, 1-844-828-1412.